Welcome to the Impact Multiplier CEO Podcast. If you're a chief executive, or if you think like one, and you want to create exponentially greater impact, then this show is for you. My name is Richard Medcalf, founder of X Quadrant. I coach some of the most successful and impressive CEOs and executive teams on the planet and help them achieve extraordinary results. And no matter how successful you've been in the past, there's always a whole new level of impact available to you. So if you're ready to play a bigger game than ever before, I invite you to join us and become an Impact Multiplier CEO. Hi, Stephanie. It's been many seconds since we recorded the last episode. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes, I've even got a whole new outfit on. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we are. It's season one. I should have actually bought a bottle of champagne. Um, you've, I know you, you've probably got a whole load of red wine already open on the sideboard, I guess. But Yes, I probably, yes, somewhere. <laughs> I deny, neither deny nor confirm the presence of my flat. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do, we do live in France, so we've got to live up to people's stereotypes. Come on, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> land of wine and baguettes. No, no, I'm afraid we're just here. We're just, just me and my, my glass of water um, and a, a new season awaits. Ooh, that's so exciting. <laughs> so I guess, um, you know, I can't, uh, I have a memory like a goldfish, which means that uh, you went through um, all of the th- things that we can do. Um, to increase our impact, what are we going to talk about today? So today we're going to talk, just going to set the scene for the next few episodes very quickly. We, we talked last time about if you're a CEO or if you think like a CEO and you're trying to make big things happen, how do you multiply your impact? And so in my work with execs and, and, and founders and CEOs, I really boiled down um, a lot of these levers for impact into what I call five impact multipliers. And it's kind of like a mental model that I have when I'm looking at somebody who's overwhelmed, who's running fast, who's got a lot of things on their plate and yet want more results and, and more impact. So it's kind of like a mental model, these five levers, and uh, helps really focus in on uh, where is there an opportunity here to go into multiplication mode and to release um, release more momentum. So I think we're going to cover those and today perhaps just run through what those what those five areas are very briefly. Great. I can see your consultancy background coming through. You've got sort of five layers that was going to help us get right to the nitty gritty. So hit me with them. Yeah, exactly. Everything is in a matrix. It's in a diagram and there's five of them or three of them and uh, they all begin with the same letter. Only they don't this time. So I'm going to probably have to go and innovation. <laughs> go and beat myself up afterwards for the lack of, uh, lack of um, what do you call it when the letters begin, words begin the same, um, what they begin, um, when words begin with the same letter, I think there's a name for that. I have no idea, but I'm more interested in... It's like the opposite of rhyming. <laughs> I know. Sorry, I'm geeking out. So let's talk about them. Five of them, okay. So number one is eliminating noise. And this is really addressing the limitation that we have of attention. Okay, so eliminate noise. It's about where we put our focus. Uh, okay, so would that be like... 
for example, between recording these two podcasts where I got distracted by a couple of emails that had come in and sort of rather than focusing on this, I drifted off to do something else and came back. Is that what you mean by focus and eliminating noise, like staying on track? Well, I suppose for me, it's really the strategy question in some way. So for me, strategy, and you know, I'm a strategist, I've you know, been a partner in a strategy consulting company and done more strategies, you know, I've probably created more, yeah, more, yeah, I'm just thinking of all the strategies I've developed and all the ones that are probably still sitting on shelves in some corporation, as well as the ones that have worked. And strategy, when it works, is it's a, is it's a lens, it's a laser, it focuses activity and you eliminate the noise. So when we have a strategy, I call it a strategy and not a strategy, right? Strategy is you throw everything out there and have a billion priorities. But eliminating noise is actually focusing in ourselves and focusing our teams on the things that are gonna really move the needle. And the reality is most people are way too distracted, have way too many projects on the go and fail to make the impact they want. Right, so it's, it's, it's essentially, and I know the problem of having too many projects on the go and uh, competing priorities. Um, it's maybe, uh, if I've understood this correctly, a, a better way of thinking about it is um, it's, it's a way of essentially getting everyone, yourself and everyone around you on the same page in terms of sort of what's important and what's noise, because it's sometimes hard to mm. know and hard to know how to prioritize and having something strong enough that actually yeah. need to ask you every single time and just know. Right, exactly. So it's, it's, it's making sure that our return on time invested, if you like, is high. Okay. That we're doing the things with the limited time and attention that we have. We're doing the things that really matter right now. That doesn't mean just chasing the urgent things. It means dealing with the important things. Yeah. Um, ones that are really going to make a difference. So that's eliminating noise. It's the strategy question. It's, it's the lens. It's the focus. The next one is releasing commitment. So for me, this is the, the limitation of energy, right? If, um, if we're finding that we don't have the personal energy, motivation, uh, desire, or if you find that our teams, uh, people don't have that sense of commitment that perhaps we do to the project, then that's a, that's a problem, right? There's a constraint there. So how do we actually release commitment and re release energy and, and drive towards these things that are so important? Okay, so that's, um, I've been in a few leadership meetings and leadership conferences, it's like the annual kickoff where you know, everyone buy. You know, everyone supposedly buys into what we're going to achieve for the year or what our strategy mm. is. Um, and then, actually, when it comes to getting making things happen, it's really hard to get the right level of attention or mm. even the right level of uh, activity without having a big stick and beating people up with it. Yeah. So you're, yeah. Yeah. I'd love to know about that. <laughs> so I don't have to wield a big stick. <laughs> yeah, and so often we're driving, you know, I think you know, rather than driving mm. results, wouldn't it be great to release them? That's why I call it releasing commitment, right? It's moving from the push, push all the time to actually, how do I actually uh, create like a, a vortex that people actually want to come 
in my direction. Sounds less exhausting, I can tell you that for sure. <laughs> it's one of these, it's, yeah, it's one of these things, right? I think increasing impact, it has to involve a decrease in our own hmm. intensity, actually. Yeah. Okay. Which is totally counterintuitive, yeah. but I think that's what happens. Yeah. Um, so the third area is accelerating learning. And I, I see this in, um, this is around insight and it's around, I call it addressing the limitation of mindset. Because a comment I hear in my CEO clients so often is, you know, my people don't get it. You know, or they've got a fixed mindset. You know, I've got a growth mindset, they've got a fixed mindset. You know? um, I've heard um, before. <laughs> and yeah, it's amazing when we have all these, uh, these distinctions, we're always like, we always have the good one and the other people have the bad one, right? Um, so yes, yeah, so that's for me the question is, it's around how do we kind of transmit insights uh, in the organization? Okay, so that's, I'm trying to think of how that's different from releasing commitment. Is that sharing information? Is that, um, is that a communication issue? Uh, or is it a hearts and minds issue? How is it different from releasing commitment? So I think commitment is, is really that desire, that drive, um, to some degree, some clarity. Uh, well, that comes into the noise part, I guess, the, the first one. But for me, the, the address, accelerating learning is it's, you know, first of all, just asking the question, are we learning faster than the market is changing? Are we learning faster than our competitors? Do we have a learning culture? Or do we have a performance culture? Uh, and then they're not the same, right? Um, um, and if you want a performance culture in the long term, if you want performance in the long run, you need to be learning in, you know, now. Um, but it, it's, it's more about um, how do we build, how do we, yeah, how do we transmit our insights and our understandings across our people? So how do we even have a, a discussion across that organization about the same topics you know do we even have the same language are we even able to to bring the same nuances and explain to people in a way that they'll that they'll they'll take if we create best practice are we actually able to distribute it and have it adopted in the organization so for me it's that it's really that transmission of insight it's more about having a framework that allows people to work well together um, and to allow new insights to kind of propagate around the organization uh, rather than having kind of a, a clique who get it, you know, and a lot of other people that don't get it in some ways. It's like that top-down pyramid where the whole leadership team knows exactly what, your, what the insights are and, you know, the further you go across the organization, the less people know and it's really hard to bring everyone together. Yeah, or, you know, you send the leadership team on some big... Man uh, management retreat and they get some guru comes in the guru delivers some great um concept management theory everyone really gets excited about it and they get back and of course it's almost impossible to transmit that into the organization when everybody's overloaded everybody's busy and so it never gets adopted because we haven't been able to accelerate the learning and to scale the learning across the organization yeah super frustrating but when it's done well i've seen i've seen a couple of examples where you know, uh, I worked for an organization which was really into, decided to roll out growth mindset that you mentioned. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think that's probably one of the first examples I've seen of like a really sustained right. to really roll out sort of that, that tool set and that sort of that methodology or approach uh, across an organization. 
So it's work. not that, and it's not actually complicated. It's not necessarily easy, but it, it's not actually complicated. Mm -hmm. uh, requires some desire and willpower to do, but it transforms. I remember in consulting, you know, we um, we totally upgraded our sales process almost overnight. Yeah raising these principles. So I'll explain more about that in the next episodes when we, when we get onto it. But it's, uh, it's powerful stuff, right? The ability to create organizational-wide ahas mm -hmm. is a massive driver for success. Okay. Brilliant. <laughs> this is just a quick interlude before we get back to today's main conversation. To celebrate the launch of the podcast, we're giving away, for the first time ever, a coaching package valued at over $3,000. You can use it yourself or you can give it to a friend or colleague who wants to multiply their impact. To enter, all you have to do is leave a review of the podcast on iTunes or in your preferred podcast app and send a screenshot to podcast at xquadrant.com and do that before 15th of September 2020. If you do miss that deadline, then leave a review before the 15th of October and there'll be a chance to win a smaller coaching package. For all the details, head to xquadrant.com slash podcast. Reviews are the lifeblood of any podcast. And so whether or not you're within the eligibility time, it would still be fantastic if you would leave us a review if you like the podcast or if you see the potential in the future as we continue to refine it, develop it and add to it. Many thanks and let's get back to that conversation. Move on to number four, shall I? Number four yeah. is um, addressing friction and drama. Now, we all know this one. This is our favourite, right? <laughs> and so I describe this in terms of limitations. This is the limitation of collaboration. Right. Um, theoretically, teams and organizations should act as a multiplying factor, right? They should be more than some of the parts. And often it almost feels that as we get bigger and bigger, um, it almost becomes negative, right? It becomes harder because there's all this friction and drama. So we need some ways to address friction and drama systemically. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, friction and drama, you know, you can either avoid it or you can deal with it. And I think a lot of us, you know, I've seen a, a few examples of, of, you know, there's always the, the brilliant jerk, which I think is a way of avoiding friction and drama rather than dealing with it. They just go, oh, you know, he, yeah, he's a jerk, but he gets results. And I, I think, you know, um, I, I hope that that's what this is, uh, sort of addressing is that actually that's not good enough, not good enough if you want to really sort of be impactful and um, move forwards and expand and multiply. Yeah, I mean, what you need in the end is you need not only, you know, you, as a leader to make sure within your leadership team, you're addressing friction and drama, but that they're also being equipped with the tools to do that in their teams yeah. uh, and that across silos in the organization, you're not creating those friction and drama as well. So I think this is the question about how do we insert the oil in the different parts of the organization uh, so that we actually come together rather than spend our time internally. Well, I, I mean, I, if I take the example of family, people are people, you'll fix one problem somewhere and there'll be another problem will pop up elsewhere in terms of friction. Yeah. 
offer. That's got to be a continuous effort. And if you haven't got a toolkit, that's going to suck up time and energy like nobody's business. Yeah, I say there's no people, there's no business transformation without people transformation. Yeah, there's no um, all, um, you know, all business issues are people issues when you actually go down a few levels. You get to a people, you get to a person, right? Or people, very quickly. So uh, I think that's having some tools around that is a key. It's a key thing, right? Yeah. Oh, can't wait. <laughs> and we'll solve it all in about twenty minutes. Don't worry, it'll be very, very. <laughs> I know what I've been doing wrong with all that friction and drama in my life. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to solve them all straight away on the episodes, but we'll we'll definitely cover for each of these. We'll give some 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 ideas, some tools, uh, and then obviously in future episodes and future series, we'll yeah. kind of dive deeper and deeper into different parts of this okay. as we as we move forward. Ooh. I think that was four. That's right. Number five is mastering transformation. And this is the limitation of behavior. Uh, I think I mentioned on that last uh, chat, you can have all the insights you want, all the strategies you want. But as we know, we've all been there. We've all been to the annual offsite. And we've agreed the strategies and we, everything else. So we've decided we need to do things differently and do less of this. And we need to delegate more or whatever it is we've decided. And then we get back a year later and frankly, nothing's changed. The, the same behaviors are evident. And so how do we get over that? We have to become masters of transformation. We have to be able to do that difficult thing, which is, changing habits and behaviors as an adult. It's incredibly difficult. Yeah, I mean, I, I must say, like in my career, I've, I've run teams full of people who are fresh out of university and people who are about to retire. And resistance to change or acceptance of change, I, I think I've seen the whole spectrum, but really transforming if I'm truly honest, I think I've only seen that a couple of times in a 20 mm. career. I mean, that, that's, um, you know, because how is transformation different from just change? You know, we talk about release commitment and mm. learning. How, how do you, is that the sort of, is that the next notch in terms of transformation? I, mean, I suppose tra I see transformation as, um, sustained behavior mm. um change perhaps or upgrades and this is a, yeah habits exactly for me it's all about habits we have personal habits we have team habits we have meeting habits we have leadership habits and so every blog post you read every article you read every whatever it is there's often an invitation to do something and to make mm -hmm. it part of your operating model and your habits some of those can kind of be like tick the box, just like we need to just implement X, you know. But a lot of them are actually about how do we build the hab new habits? How do we change the way we do things? And a lot of that's what, you know, I spend time with my clients on. It's what are the two, one or two or perhaps three key behaviors that if they were just to shift those in some key moments, We'll create a whole wave of impact and I can tell some stories about that and it's incredible and, it, and it's systematic I, I find that when I help somebody really focus in on the behaviors which are going to make a real difference 
and they understand the check they understand the, the stakes um and they can get a very clear vision of what that change looks like when it's going to happen and, and there's some various techniques to kind of keep people in the game you know how do you actually uh, stay uh, focused on those habits over over a while then actually you can create a new way of operating and we have all done that in the past but often it's not intentional it kind of happens occasionally uh, and doesn't always happen on the key behaviors that we need so for me um, again if organizations are going to really thrive they need again a bit of an organizational uh, way of doing things a, a way of creating new habits they need that shared approach so we, one of our different you know, competitive advantages in this fast changing world is the ability to actually help each other learn new habits imagine if, if you could do that as an organization you'd be unstoppable right you could just keep finding what has to be done and doing it yeah i guess forming a new habit as an individual is hard enough um but the results are great you know you just got to look at sort of parallels to sport and training and stuff yeah if you don't have to think about it and consciously think i have to go to the gym today it's just a habit but if you can instill that a habit in a professional context mm. uh, or a team context yeah you know that's yeah, that's that's a multiplier, I guess. That's the whole point. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, as you said, personal habits can be hard enough, but say a leadership habit. The problem is that that doesn't just require rely on you. It actually also depends on the perception of other people. Yeah. So you're not just trying to change yourself. You're also trying to make sure that their perception keeps up with reality. Mm. You might have said, "I've you know, I've I've nailed it. I have stopped micromanaging." Yeah. Hey, right or whatever it is right or i've you know i've stopped you know uh, demolishing people in meetings or talking over people or whatever it is right but they might not have noticed uh, and if they haven't noticed okay. <laughs> and if they haven't noticed, haven't noticed then then the impact then 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 your then your behaviors hasn't yet changed their motivation their engagement their whatever it is that they're, they're kind of like oh my boss is you know whatever so it's changing your habit and also helping perception keep pace with the rate of change which is also important all right okay i think i'm gonna have a lot to learn here <laughs> i'm really looking forward to it because <laughs> so i know that feeling where you think you've done loads of work on changing your habits or changing your behaviors and it's really frustrating when nobody notices <laughs> yeah <laughs> very motivating um but i guess there's a there's a missing link there which um you know it'll be interesting to hear about absolutely okay so i think that was that was five wasn't it the five yeah so eliminate noise release commitment accelerate learning address friction and drama and master transformation all right okay so i guess that's how we're going to go into the next uh, episode then we'll be diving deep into the first one yeah that's right so eliminate noise so we'll look at what has your attention as a ceo and how do you actually multiply that focus and, and tension across the organization uh Specifically, it's things like, you know, how do you not get sucked into operations all the time and actually focus on the value creating activities? And how do you identify those behaviors and those activities that are going to move the needle? And then how do you help your team do that? How do you help your team focus on what's important right now? 
All right, I am looking forward to that, um, learning um, and sharing with uh, the audience and with you. Thank you, Richard. That's great. So perhaps just to say, if you're interested in um, getting the notes for this, you can head over to xquadrant.com forward slash 001 to get the first, uh, to get the show notes for this. And, um, and otherwise, yes, speak to you uh, on the next episode. Okay, speak to you soon. Bye. Bye, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Now let's talk about you. When you're in a position of top leadership, when you're in the biggest role of your career, who supports you at a deep level as you lead others? Who helps you multiply your impact and get to the next level? Well, this is what we do. If you'd like to know more about our community of extraordinary leaders, visit us at xquadrant.com.